We got married in November of 2016, and we moved to Columbia in August of 2016. When we had been married for just over six months, Rachel got uh, deployed overseas, and she was gone. Uh, she was overseas for almost seven months. I had to deal with loneliness on a, on a more difficult level because I didn't have anyone really to lean on. I was going to Seacoast, but I didn't have any real connections with anyone there. I felt bad because I felt like we, before I left, we should have made those connections so that he had better support while I was gone. We had both been in small groups before, and um, it was definitely something that was missing in our relationship and something that we needed. And so when Seacoast did the small group launch, we signed up right away. And when we joined a small group, that's when church became real for us. It's when we got a chance to get connected to people and start investing in the lives of the people that are at the church. And it also gave other people at the church at the church a chance to start um, becoming more involved directly in our lives as well. Yeah, I think before we joined the small group, we were, we felt like we just attended the church, but now we feel like we're a part of the church. Right. One of the benefits of the small group has been, you know, as we're dealing with different challenges that a, that a lot of couples are dealing with, you know, we're getting advice and we're getting wisdom, we're getting prayer. I think that that's been really helpful for us as we're going through some difficult times as a couple. And all of a sudden, things that you thought no one else in the world was going through, um, you know, someone else has in there has gone through, through the same yeah. exact thing. And, um, and you just feel like uh, God put you there and, and put them there just so you guys can support each other. So it's pretty cool. I can't think of a single reason not to try it. I mean, that's the worst that could happen. Well, good morning. It's great to see everybody this weekend. Golly, I'm at the uh, 10 o'clock service here in Mount Pleasant, and there's nowhere to sit. Uh, you guys are, uh, are here in full force. I wanna welcome all of you who are maybe in the chapel or at one of our other locations, and just know that we're glad that you're here. Uh, my name's Josh Surratt. I serve as a lead pastor, and I uh, hope if I haven't had a chance to meet you, I'd love to get the chance to meet you. I've, I've met several people who are new to Charleston or new to your city this summer and kind of getting into a new routine, and so we're glad you're here, glad you're making church a part of that routine. You know, every weekend we love to shout out the campuses, and it's hard to figure out who to mention, you know, on a given weekend, and I, I thought this weekend I'd mention the James Island campus because just a couple days ago, we had our Dream Team rally where all of our leaders and, and Dream Team members from all of our campuses came together at campuses. James Island showed up here and they showed up, all of their leaders showed up wearing this t-shirt right here. Check this out. It's me, uh, my, my profile there. It says, my favorite people live on James Island. And so we love you on James Island. And I know what Roy Jakes is thinking in Somerville. He's thinking, man, this only perpetuates what I know about Joey. Is he's a brown noser. The, these guys grew up together. There's drama all the time between the two of them. And uh, it's true, but sometimes it helps to brown nose. And so, uh, you know, you just gotta do it. Uh, also, Asheville, I heard they, it's Connect Weekend, and they had a black bear in their parking lot this morning, showed up for Connect Weekend. And so, it's kind of cool, you know, what you'll see at a Seacoast campus. But we're glad you guys are here and excited to continue the series that we've been in called Where is the Love? Where is the love, and if you'll remember, Pastor Greg kicked it off and we, kind of the foundation for the whole series is the great commandment that Jesus said the bottom line in following me is that you love God and that you love 
each other. And we're looking at different issues in our culture that we face to figure out how do we address these in light of that command. And I'll remind you what uh, he said in, in week one, which was make sure whatever you do, do not miss Labor Day weekend. Uh, I don't know if you remember he said that. It's gonna be a very important weekend in the life of our church. That is next weekend, so just wanna throw that out there. Remind you of that. You go, what's gonna happen on Labor Day weekend? Just come and you'll find out. But it's gonna be an important conversation that we're excited about in the series. And and last weekend, Pastor Darren talked about anger. And it was so good, kind of this sort of culture of outrage that we have. And and honestly, it was kind of painful because we all kind of came to the realization that we all deal with, with anger, and at the end of the message, the crosses were just full, and honestly, I was a little afraid to speak this week and how angry you guys are based on the crosses <laughs> last week, and, and I wanna kind of, I wanna, I wanna carry on with that conversation this weekend, uh, because he talked about how the one thing we have to do with our anger, if we wanna have righteous anger, is learn how to pull it up at the root, right? And if you get to the root of most of our anger, what you're gonna find is pain. You're gonna find hurt, you know, heartache, something happened, and, and it's there. And so what I wanna do this weekend is talk about pain. Like, I'm so glad I came to church this weekend, invited a friend, I promise. It's not gonna be too, too painful, but, but I feel like it's important. If we're gonna dig it up at the root, that we've got to learn how to handle pain in our lives. So where are you currently experiencing pain? Think about that for a minute. Where are you experiencing pain? Because pain affects all of us, comes in lots of different shapes and sizes. If you think about in our culture right now, uh, one of the, the, the prominent things over the last several months has been this, this Me Too movement. You know what I'm talking about, where, where people in power have abused that power in certain ways, whether it's harassment or abuse, and, and, and somebody came forward and, and, and said, hey, I've, I've been hurt in this way, and then you've just seen this flood of people going, hey, me too. And, and what, what I love about that movement, I love one that people in power that are abusive of that power are being called to the carpet on it, but, but what's underneath all of that is shared pain, saying I, I've been hurt too. And for you, pain may look like that or pain may come in the, the package of grief when you lose somebody that you love. Pain can come in heartache or heartbreak, a relationship that you thought was gonna last forever, doesn't. And we find ourselves experiencing pain. It could be in your business, the person that you thought would never leave, the, the, the loyal friend and, 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 and you have a break, breakdown in the relationship and it causes you pain. Lots of different ways that we experience pain but the reality is every single one of us deals with it. I love the way Jesus said it in uh, Luke 17. He kind of levels the playing field. He says to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come. In other words, it doesn't matter if you're following me or not. Doesn't matter if you're praying every day or not. It's impossible that that you're not gonna get offended or that you're not gonna sin or that you're not gonna stumble. All of us are on a level playing field as far as pain goes. It's the great equalizer. Doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter how much status you have or how many followers you have on Instagram, we all deal with pain. But then he says, but woe to him through whom they do come. <coughs> woe to him through who, whom they do come. And, and, and one way to look at that would, would be to say, you know, we all deal with it, right? But we don't all deal with it well. 
And a lot of times if we don't deal with it well, what I've found in my own life, times that I've hurt other people and, and as I've been around people for a long time is that most often hurt people end up hurting other people. And if you stay in your pain, you don't process it in a healthy way, you're gonna end up hurting other people and woe, woe to those who end up in that place. So how do we deal with it? How do we follow the great commandment, love others well, even after we've been hurt ourselves? So what I wanna do this weekend is we're gonna look at a story together. That's, it's an obscure story. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 10. But in reading it, I think that there's some, some really cool truth that's gonna help us as we process our own pain. And so think about what pain are you experiencing and let's, let's read this story through that lens. If you have your Bibles, 2 Samuel 10, we'll have it on the screens, outline sheets as well if you wanna track along in that way. But, but let's look at the story. It says, in the course of time, the king of the Ammonites died and his son Hanan succeeded him as king. And Ammonites were traditionally enemies of Israel, but this particular king and King David, who was the king of Israel at the time, had a good relationship. So you see that David had this thought this king dies and David goes, you know what? I'm gonna show kindness to Hanan, son of Nahash, just as his father showed kindness to me. David has this, this moment of goodwill and we think about David as this warrior king and you know, he, he, he definitely was that, but he also was described as a man after God's own heart. And God prompted him in this moment to just do something kind for this, this family that's grieving the loss of of, of, a, of a father and of a king. So David sent a delegation to express his sympathy to Hanan concerning his father. And, and we see this play out in our culture today. If a, a, a president of another country dies or there's a significant death, maybe even like a, a John McCain who passed away last night, what will happen is dignitaries will come and if they can't, if a president can't make it, they'll send some people on their behalf. And that's what David did. He sent some some delegates to send their best and to, to offer their support during this difficult, difficult time for this king. Well, when David's men came to the land of the Ammonites, the Ammonite commanders said to Hanan their lord, and, and I wish we could, we'll do another message on this one day, but there's so much here. Be careful when people in your life start trying to help you assign motives to other people's good deeds in your life. That's what happens. As these, these people go, hey, is, is David really up to the right stuff here? Is he honoring your father by sending envoys to you to express sympathy? And they plant the seed of doubt into a king who's experiencing his own pain right now, the loss of his father, and he takes it hook, line, and sinker. Hasn't David sent them to you only to explore the city and spy it out and overthrow it? And, and if, I, if I did a whole message on this, you would see that him believing this lie ended up being the downfall of his entire life. And a lot of times if we'll do that, we'll start believing and, and making assumptions about other people's motives, it will get us in so much trouble. And he does it. And so here's what they do. They seize David's envoys, and look what they did to him. First of all, they shaved off half of each man's beard. Can you imagine that? Just shaved it in half. You know, I asked Lisa if I could do that this weekend as an illustration, and she said no. Uh, so you can thank her for that. But, but I did do a little research, and <coughs> that's kind of the look that they had coming home uh, from, from this assignment. It doesn't look good on a blonde-haired guy. It doesn't look good on a dark-haired guy. It doesn't look good on a creepy guy with sunglasses. And so it's just not a good, it's not a good look. So, th so th they go, and, and, and they're, they're humiliated, shaves their beard in half, 
That's not all he did though. Look at this. After he does that, they cut off their garments at, at the, the buttocks, the but, buttocks, buttocks. I'm not sure the proper enunciation in the Hebrew, but um, it's essentially your hiney. Uh, so, so if you've ever experienced plumber's crack, you know, you've seen somebody leaning over, the buttocks is like plumber's crack on steroids. It's the full, the full moon uh, is what they've got going on. So literally they shaved their beards in half and then they cut their tunics off and so they're literally like they're walking around with their butts showing and it's, it's disgraceful, it's hilarious, it's the best prank ever but it's, it's honestly, it's, it's, I was trying to think about comparing it to their culture and what that would be like and it'd probably be a lot like that happening in this culture. It just is not good, right? It's not a good look and, and then they send them home. They come with honor, they come as the, the king's men to do a noble deed, and they're disgraced, they're shamed, and they're sent back home in, in, in a pretty rough circumstance. This is a Bible, y'all should read it more. There's some great stuff in the Bible, but here's where I wanna kinda learn so, some lessons. When David was told about this, he sent messengers to meet the men, for they were greatly humiliated, and, and I wanna make sure you you capture the heart here because you, you probably haven't experienced what they went through, but you've probably experienced feeling humiliated, feeling ashamed, feeling a sense of, you know, you know, am I gonna be defined by this mistake for the rest of my life or feeling labeled in a certain way? And David sees this and I think we see the heart of Jesus in David and he says, no, stay at Jericho till your beards have grown and then come back, and it's in that one sentence that I think we have a lot that we can learn for ourselves when we go through times where we, we feel pain. Whether it's grief, whether it's shame, whether it's pain that we brought on ourselves, sometimes that's the hardest kind of pain to deal with. Whether it's pain that somebody else brought on us, like in the case of these guys. What do we do? How do we, how do we process? What can we learn from this story? Couple thoughts. First one is this, give myself permission to not be okay. You know, the first thing that you have to do is give yourself permission to not be okay. And it's hard sometimes, especially in the church, where you feel like you're supposed to always have it together. But you know what, there are some times where it's, you're just not, and it's okay. These guys go and they, they're humiliated and their beards cut in half and, and their butts showing and, and yet they do what so often we do when we go through hard times or when we go through shame. They keep on going. You know, we're just gonna tough this thing out and, and keep on going, keep on moving. They're headed back to Jerusalem. I don't know if they're plotting revenge or what they're doing, but they're gonna go back to Jerusalem and, and they're gonna go back and, and, and they're gonna be shamed again. David says, no, 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 stop, stop. Don't go back to Jerusalem. Stay where you are. You're not well. You're not okay. You don't need to just keep on moving. You gotta stop. And there are times in our lives where we just have to go, you know what, I'm not okay. How many of you have ever, ever broken a bone? Uh, any of you guys ever broken a bone? Okay, a lot of, lot, I've, I've broken several in my life. And one of them, I was a high school sophomore, junior, and I went on a youth ski retreat, and skiing, I fell down, and I, I hurt my arm, but I didn't really know what had happened. It definitely hurt, and it didn't go away, but it happened to be 
playoff time in basketball. And I played basketball and I, I didn't wanna miss any games and so I didn't really say anything to anybody about it and so I played in a few games and it got worse and worse and worse and finally it got so bad I was like, I have got to go see a doctor. And so I went to the doctor, he did an x-ray and he said, you're an idiot. Why have you been playing basketball? He didn't really say that, but he, he lovingly said, like, dude, this, you've made it worse. You had a, a broken bone, and now it's gonna require a whole lot more than what it would have because you didn't stop. And what did he do for me? He, he put a cast on me, right? He took one of these bad boys and, and put it on me. By the way, I, I have a friend. I didn't actually hurt myself this week. I have a friend who put a cast on me, and I, I Instagram storied it. And the outpouring of sympathy's been amazing. I should have put a, a GoFundMe page together because y'all have been amazing. <coughs> I'm fine. But, but it's, it's an illustration because, you know, a cast does a lot of things. Well, you don't start healing because you get a cast put on. What a cast does is it creates an environment where you can experience healing. It sort of forces your, your body to go, we can't keep on going on as, as normal. We gotta stop. We gotta wait. We gotta admit that we're not okay. And you know what else a cast does is it shows other people that we're not okay as well. We don't always love walking around like this, but, but it's, a, it's a visual symbol that, hey, like, I'm not okay. <laughs> you know, I got, something needs to be healed. And, and it's great with medicine, you get an x-ray and you just kind of know it, but man, in matters of the heart, it's, it's more complicated. I wish we could just take x-rays of our soul and be told, hey, you need to, you need to slow down. You need to stop for a little bit and realize that you're, you're not okay. You need a, a cast of some sort. It's okay. Just because you're in the church, just because you're a Christ follower, doesn't mean that you don't have these moments. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get this off. All right, well, good. Where you have to just kinda take a time out. I'm not okay. You know, in matters of medicine, you, you have doctors, but in matters of the heart and of the soul, what you really need is people. You need friends who can go, you know what? it might not be wise for you to just keep on moving. So, so you, you've experienced a breakup, maybe of a marriage or a relationship, and, and it's not wise maybe to just jump right into the next thing. Maybe you need to stop, stay, wait a little bit, admit, I'm not okay. I'm not gonna rush through this. I'm gonna make sure I learn what I need to learn so that I can heal properly so that then I can, remember, it goes back to the Great Commission, so then I can love well. But when we're broken and we don't deal with it, we go out and we start hurting other people and we see it perpetuated in our culture. So the first thing we need to do is just admit, I'm not okay, I'm not okay. It's, it's, it, this is a safe place to do that. This is a church where it is okay to not be okay. We don't have to have our act together all the time. Let's, let's stop pretending. A, a second thought is make sure you settle into a sweet place. Make sure you settle into a sweet place. It's one thing to, to stop, but, but the problem is many of us don't really know what to do in those moments. And look what David said. He didn't just say stay. He said stay at Jericho. Stay at Jericho till your beards have grown and then come back. I want you to circle the word Jericho on your outline sheets. Jericho. See, what Jericho means, it was a city but the, the, literally, if you translate that word, it, it means a, a sweet fragrance or a sweet place. Because of the way that the city was set, there were trees on either side of it. When the wind blew, it actually smelled 
great. And so what, what's implied here, if, if, if you understood it, is that they're going to Jericho because Jericho is a sweet place and it's a place where you're gonna leave smelling better than when you got there. He didn't have to say go to Jericho. There are other places he could have said to go to. He, said if, he could have said go to Mara. Mara in the Bible is a place where the Israelites went to and they were thirsty, they hadn't had water in three days and they get to this place and they drink water and it was so bitter that they couldn't even drink it. And, and, and they called it Mara, which means bitterness. And when it comes to us dealing with pain in our lives, often we, we go one of two places. We either get to a place where it causes us to be bitter or we go to a place where we're gonna, we're gonna smell better. You guys ever been to one of those restaurants that you smell bad for the rest of the day? You know what I'm talking about? Some of those hibachi or <coughs> certain restaurants I just can't go to because you're gonna carry that stench all day long. And when we deal with pain in our lives, it's important that we don't only just wait and admit it, but that we're very intentional about the environments that we get our, ourselves in and how long we stay there. He says, go to Jericho and stay till your beard grows back. You're gonna have to pay attention to your environment and the time that you stay there. Because the reality is in Mara, it's, it's a place where you complain about what happened to you, but in Jericho, you give thanks for where it's gonna take you. Because pain is a, a separator, right? I mean, pain is, some people get buried by it, and some people, honestly, only get to where they are in life because of the pain that they've gone through. And, and, and when you're in Jericho, you have that perspective that says, I, I don't like that I'm here, but I'm thankful for where it's gonna take me. In Mara, you worry about the future. In Jericho, you pray and you put your trust in the one who holds your future. And it's a very different places, very different mental spaces where we hang out in. You know, in Jericho, you hold grudges, or in Mara, you hold grudges. In Jericho, you forgive. In Mara, you plan for revenge, right? But in Jericho, you leave revenge to the one who's gonna do it better than you anyways. You know what's interesting about this story is while they were in Jericho, healing up, David went ahead and got revenge for them. And, and, and like much of the Old Testament stories, David went out and he kicked butt and he took names. And it was not a pretty, pretty ending for the Ammonites or the people that aligned themselves with them. And, and it's a good picture because David, their king, he got justice for them. And honestly, when we get hurt, especially when someone does the hurting to us, everything in us wants to make it right. But, but I love where it says in Romans, don't take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. So you, you need to actually allow God to do what he does. God is a God of justice. God is a God of, of it, it says, it's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And I thank God that, that, that grace is in the equation, that Jesus is in the equation, because so often he covers my own sin and shame with his grace and love and mercy. But, but at the end of the day, God is going to make, make things right. God is a God of justice. And when we try to take justice into our own hands, we don't leave room for God to move in our lives. And, and in this case, we see the king move on their behalf. And God wants to do the same for you and for me. So David says, get to Jericho, guys. Go, go to that sweet place and invest enough time there until your beards grow back. Environments and time. They don't feel all that spiritual, but it may be the most spiritual thing that you do this weekend regarding your pain, is being intentional about what environments am I gonna put myself in? 
Am I gonna go to Mara or am I gonna go to Jericho? You know, I think about our weekend services at all of our campuses. These are Jericho environments, aren't they? And I leave feeling, feeling better than when I got here. I leave feeling more hopeful than when I came in because the gospel is good news. And so I wanna encourage you, I wanna commend you. Preaching to the choir, you're in a Jericho environment. How much time are you gonna spend in Jericho this fall? Is it gonna be a habit that you do on a regular basis? Maybe you come every now and then right now. Say, I'm gonna do that at least a few times a month. Maybe you come a few times a month. What if you made it a weekly rhythm to go, no, I'm gonna go to Jericho in that sweet place. I think about the men in our church. We have men's hikes that happen uh, in many of our campuses. And, and literally, these are Jericho environments. These are places where you're gonna come back smelling better. Not initially, you're gonna need a shower, but you're gonna come back <coughs> and spiritually and in your soul, you're gonna be in a different place. You're gonna emerge better than when you went on the mountain. And your beard will grow in on that mountain, I promise you that. Women, you know, we have sisterhood in all of our campuses, and I know this week, sisterhood one night, on Wednesday night, we have chosen conference that we do. Why do we do chosen conference every year? Is it because we love to put in hours and hours of work to, to entertain women? No, not at all. The goal is that it would be a sweet place for you to go to, to, to retreat from the worries of life and stuff that's going on and, and to emerge out of that environment going, you know what, I'm, I'm charged up and I'm ready to go and I'm in a healthier place than when I got there. It's a Jericho environment. You know, we have Jericho environments for students and camps and winter weekends and we have Jericho environments for people who maybe are, are challenged in their marriage right now and re-engage or grief share, people who are struggling with loss or people who have emerged from a divorce and wanna be healthier on the other side of it. We have divorce care. These, these are Jericho environments that, that we've been very intentional to, to invite you to be a part of. And I just wanna encourage you this, this fall, try it. Take a semester. See, I'm gonna commit myself to being in some environments where I'm gonna, I'm gonna grow and see if you don't emerge in a healthier place. None of us want our pain. None of us want the things that have happened, but, but, but now that we've experienced them, we're either gonna get bitter or we're gonna get better. We're gonna go to Mara or we're gonna go to Jericho. I wanna invite you to consider making that step. Maybe the most spiritual thing that you do is signing up for a hike or an interest meeting or connecting, but, but we wanna get it, pay attention to the environments that we're in. When we've been hurt, admit that we're okay. We're not okay. Pay attention to those environments. Settle into a sweet place. Don't settle into a place of bitterness. One last thought for us, which is surround myself with people who will help me heal. Because at the end of the day, that's the goal. The goal isn't the weekend service here at Seacoast. That's the entry place in the funnel for you. The goal isn't even that we get into these Jericho environments. We don't wanna stay there. We wanna move through there to get to this place where we have some relationships, some people that know us, that know us even when our butts are exposed, so to speak, that know the good, the bad, and the ugly, that we can come together and go, this is, this is where I'm at. Would you, would you help me walk through it? You know, football season's starting back, and I'm excited about that. I love, you guys know Clemson and Deshaun Watson. You know, he tore his ACL, and, uh, but he's back with the Texans, and he's gonna kind of kind of jump back into it. And I read an article this week that was very interesting to me about how pro athletes tend to recover and heal from their injuries. Look at this. Um, it, it's outside online is the, the, the website. 
It says, when an injury occurs, whether it's a torn ligament or a broken bone, it's the muscles and tendons around that injury that are so important for recovery after surgery. It says, compared to amateur athletes, the pros almost always have an advantage here. Why does a professional athlete recover from an ACL tear in, in six months? It's because of the bones and the ligaments and the muscles around the injury. It's such a great picture spiritually of our lives, man. It, when we go through the pain, the key to how quickly re we recover and how well we recover is the quality of the, the relationships around us, the people that, that, that kind of help us to heal. And man, that is our goal at Seacoast. It all comes back to small groups. And that's why we do Connect Weekend. That's why we spend a lot of time and effort and energy to tell you stories and, and help you. And, and some of you go, I don't know that I'm really experiencing pain right now. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. I pray that you don't in a long time, but you're going to at some point. And the best time to take steps towards community is before you have the pain. It's before the crisis. So I just encourage you, and I, I, I wanna challenge you to think about that. You're, you're going through some pain. It's a safe place to admit, I'm, I'm not good. And frankly, when we get to that place, oftentimes it's where the, miracle, the, 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 the ground is fertile for a miracle. It's where Jesus can enter into our story. That's ultimately our point of salvation is going, I can't do it on my own. I'm not okay. I have sinned and I have fallen short of the glory of God, but, but it's in Christ that I can be healed, that I can be saved. But, but it's, not, it's not just getting forgiveness for our sins, but it's that pathway to healing. Look at this passage in James. It says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other why? So that you can live together whole and healed. In other words, you confess your sins to God and he's gonna forgive you, but if you wanna be whole and healed, share it with somebody else. Get some people in your life that you can be real with. That's where healing comes. And man, some of us have been stuck in the same stuff for a long period of time. The key is right here. Are you willing to put yourself in an environment where you can share that hurt Share that brokenness, share that pain, share that struggle, and see some people come around. Yeah, as we close, I want you to hear a story of a fellow seacoaster, her name's Kayla, how God used a painful experience that she went through and turned it into something beautiful. Would you take a look at her story? When I was 12, I found out that my mom got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer which is basically a six-month death sentence. My relationship with my mom was not the healthiest, and when I found out that she had pancreatic cancer, I felt like, I have to fix this. I have to mend this relationship. I have to make everything right <laughs> in six months. And when she died, it was like, time's up for me. I remember crying and asking God to bring her back, and he didn't. So that just made me not believe in him, made me not want to be around God, made me not want to go to church. It made me angry at God. And so I just went in this dark, dark hole of addiction. That's how I describe it. I started using prescription pills, and I got addicted to cocaine. and just trying to forget and trying to numb myself as much as I could 
Um, I couldn't deal with the fact that I felt like I let her down and just, just spent that year and just trying to escape as much as I could. So I got suspended from school for coming to school on drugs. And after I was suspended, my dad put me in an outpatient rehab program to help me recover. The rehab was kind of helping, but I was really planning on going right back to it afterwards because I was still friends with the same people. My freshman year of high school, I was still on drugs. I was still smoking weed, but I met this guy he actually invited me to church sometimes to hang out. So I just thought maybe if I start going to church, it might help. Really it was, if Jesus can't help me, nobody can. So I attended the custom summer camp on a whim and just honestly trying to check it out and just see what this whole Jesus thing was about. And the first night of summer camp, John Holm was talking about labels that students put on themselves. And he said, you're not a thug, you're not stupid, you're not worthless, you're not dirty. And honestly, I felt like all those things. And he said, Christ gives you a new name. And it was just such an empowering moment that like, the God of the universe thinks that I'm an overcomer because I had been constantly told at this point in my life that I was never gonna be anything, that I was gonna be a burnout, that I was gonna be a high school dropout. I knew that like I needed to surrender to God and I needed to let go of the mistakes that I had made and know that those things cannot stop me from coming back to God. So I went into the back of the room and I just got on my knees and just started like bawling my eyes out. Like, God, I'm so sorry. Please, please, I can't do this alone. I need you so bad. In that moment, it was like, God didn't seem to care about what I had done. And it was like, he was like welcoming me back. Now I know like, I, I can always come back no matter what mistake I make. So I got baptized and after I got baptized, I felt so free and I, and I did feel clean. I felt like this is the truth. I know that God has called me out of where I was and I'm just really excited for what that means and how God's gonna use that vision that he's given me next year at SEU and just wherever he takes me. Isn't that great? I love that story. I love seeing young people turn to Christ, see God change their stories. But what I love about that story is, you know, Kayla, of course, experienced pain, and she, she didn't handle it very well at first. She turned to drugs, to addiction, to Mara, 
essentially to some places that were destructive, that weren't helping her process that well. But she came to a moment of time where she realized that that wasn't healthy and she gave her, her life to Christ. She surrendered to Christ. And I'm wondering if there's some people who are here today that maybe you have been in Mara. You've been trying to hide your pain or cover your pain or numb your pain with some destructive habits, attitudes. Ultimately, you've been in Mara. And I just wanna invite you, if, if you're there, to come to this place where you go, I'm not okay, but Jesus, I wanna I want give it to you. I want you to help me process my pain. And then Kayla, you know, she went to summer camp and she's been in small groups. And what I love about her story is I've known her now for a couple of years and, and she's babysat our kids and I didn't know any of this stuff until I watched the video. I was like, are you serious? Because she's... Not perfect, but man, she, she, God has done a work in her life. It's unrecognizable where she was. And I know we live in a, a, a place right now where there's an opioid epidemic and there's drug use going on with our kids, but, but I believe that God has more for the next generation. I believe God has more for us. That man, people would be unrecognizable because of the work that Christ has done in us. And she surrounded herself with community and she saw God renew and change her story. That's my prayer for every one of us this weekend. Would you join me in prayer as we take our pain to God? God, I thank you so much that you are a rewriter of stories. God, that when we allow you to author our stories, that you will make something beautiful out of our pain. And so I just pray for my friends who are here today especially those who are in a place right now where they're struggling. They're dealing with pain of some sort. Maybe they're in Mara. Maybe they're, they're, they've gone to some unhealthy places. And God, collectively, we just say, God, we want you to take this. We wanna surrender to you. And I just pray, God, that you would just wash over this place with your grace, with your mercy, with your forgiveness. But then God, help us to change our environments. Help us to, to come into a place of healing and use us to be that for each other. God, we give you our lives, we give you these moments that follow. In Jesus' name, amen.